From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, my guest is Mr. Jose Amaya, Director of Faith Formation here at the Archdiocese. Jose, welcome back to our microphones. Thank you, Taylor. It's a blessing and a pleasure to be here with you. And it's been quite a while since we've talked, but it doesn't seem like that long ago. But uh, you've been traveling the world over many times since we uh, last talked here on the podcast. Uh, let's start from the beginning. Your job title is Director of Faith Formation. What are your duties in that role? As a Director of Faith Formation, I am in charge of implementing the vision for catechesis in this global archdiocese established in forming disciples for the new evangelization, which is our Archdiocesan Religion Curriculum Guide, promulgated by Archbishop Timothy Broglio back in 2013. Um, I also resource uh, catechists and the families as well with faith formation resources, such as the AMS Family Witness to Christ, Powered by Catholic Brain. I provide catechist formation both uh, with our partnerships uh, out of the University of Dayton Virtual Learning Community for Faith Formation, but also Catholic Distance University. And upon invitation by the Catholic priest, I also go out to provide on-site catechist training, as well as catechetical leadership development. Uh, and we try to tap into what is already in existence, like uh, the National uh, Community for Catechetical Leadership, which is NCCL or AFCH, Federation for Catechesis with Hispanics, as well as uh, Los Angeles Religious Education Congress and other opportunities that may arise for leadership development. Wow, that's a lot of organizations and a lot of programs and a lot of curricula. That's a lot to keep up with. A little so, bit. <laughs> <laughs> so when you fly to military installations all over the world. I do. And you meet with um, prospective catechetical leaders or existing catechetical leaders or both? Usually is uh, um, an invitation that comes uh, uh, to my office, Office of Faith Formation, um, to come and do a catechist training, uh, which is uh, actually approved by Archbishop Broglio. When he approves it, I go, and uh, I go to meet with uh, an existing group of catechetical leaders at the local level, um, and that cons comprises of uh, the priest, who is the director of uh, religious education at the local level, with um, the uh, uh, coordinator of religious education, the catechetical leader, the catechists, and oftentimes there are uh, parents in the midst who come to also take the training um, because they are the primary educators in the faith of their children. So that is part of um, what I do as I go out to um, you know, visit the local installations around the globe. Now, do you work directly with the students, or is your work more directed toward the teachers? More uh, supporting the, the priest, supporting the catechetical leader, and the catechist. So it's more with those who are teaching the faith at the chapel level, um, supporting their roles. I see. And what's the difference between a catechetical leader and a catechist? So we all are 
catechist by vocation. Um, I am a catechist myself, even though my title is Director of Faith Formation. Um, uh, Archbishop Rolio is the chief catechist in this uh, portion of the church and trust to his pastoral care. Um, a catechetical leader is someone who oversees the um, day-to-day uh, activities of the religious education program, per se, at the local level. Someone who supports the priest in the role of, um, uh, of teaching the faith. The catechist is uh, someone um, who has been called by name by God through the waters of baptism to proclaim and teach Jesus Christ, to teach the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, the, his words, his deeds, uh, his promises to us. And so a, a teacher um, of faith is a catechist. Um, and the uh, directory for catechesis defines the, this calling uh, beautifully when it says in paragraph 113 uh, of the directory for catechesis, it says that a catechist is a witness of faith and a keeper of the memory of God. Not only that, but a teacher in a mystagogue and an accompanier and educator. So a catechist is someone who bears witness to the faith, who breaks open uh, the scriptures, and breaks, breaks open the, uh, uh, the content of our faith, uh, the mysteries of our sacraments, the mysteries of life in Christ, and, and how we pray, how we live our faith in Jesus Christ. So, um, but also a model of faith someone who uh, models the faith, someone who walks, who is willing to walk with others in the journey of faith. In, in other words, um, uh, if someone wants to, be, uh, wants to know God uh, more deeply, uh, I would encourage that person to teach. Uh, teaching is uh, learning our faith. I see. So uh, we're all called to be catechists in a way, right, as yes. Catholics, by how we live and how we interact with folks and with what we share about our faith. What, what are your tips about, uh, you know, how do you uh, bring in, uh, you, you know, students, whether they be in elementary school? You, you, you work with catechetical leaders who are uh, working with kids all the way up from, what, grade one all the way up through high school, right? High school into adults. And yes. into adulthood, okay. So, uh, you know, um, how do you come across without seeming holier than thou uh, to share your faith as a catechist generally, right? You know, mm -hmm. Catechist with a small C, not a big C. Uh, how do we do that? What's your advice? Um, by living our faith, by studying our faith. Um, once uh, somebody, uh, actually uh, a cousin of mine, uh, you know, en encountered me as I was walking down the street to get to my work as a young adult and said, um, I found the best church and I want you to come and join us. And I said, thank you, but no, I, I'm going to stay in church because I already belong to the church. And uh, so by, by studying our faith, by living our faith modeling, um, our, the, the power of our uh, witness to our faith is more 
um, more attractive than any bunch of words that we may say. I hear you. Now, St. Francis was quoted as saying, and I don't know if it's been established that he really said this, but uh, go out and preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Exactly. So it's it's action. It's uh, I, I, you know example by action. Yes, it's by living it out. I see. By being, uh, it's a way of life. I got you. Okay, so you spend a lot of time on the road, as we just talked about a short while ago, and you travel all over the world. I mean, you know, Japan, Europe, uh, all over the United States. Uh, share with us some of the experiences that you've had uh, traveling far and wide. What's the farthest away you've been? Well, uh, in I, I go to where I'm invited, and I've been to as far as uh, Japan, um, as far as uh, Alaska and Hawaii, all throughout the United States, uh, west to east, south to north, basically. <laughs> Europe. Um, I recently uh, did a, uh, a catechist training at RAF Lakenheath, Royal Air Force uh, Lakenheath, in uh, the United Kingdom, um, and uh, that was a very, uh, very good experience. Uh, getting to spend time with the priest, getting to spend time with the catechetical leader and the catechists. Um, so uh, in in Hawaii. Uh, that was another neat experience that I had in Hawaii uh, back um, at the end of uh, uh, September into October. I was visiting Hawaii, and I got a chance to not only do the training at Pearl Harbor Hickam, but um, uh, Father um, Edward Gorman, who is the chaplain at um, uh, MCV Hawaii, he uh, invited me to come on Sunday right before I you know, uh, return back to uh, mainland, if you will, uh, to come and, and pay a visit because um, he had been trying to establish religious education when he arrived there. There was uh, no religious education. And then when he arrived, the families wanted to implement or reestablish uh, religious education. Um, but one of the biggest challenges that he faced was uh, trying to identify a catechist and um, also a catechetical leader. And uh, nobody was coming forward, uh, as far as I know. And so through prayer, he discerned that perhaps the best way forward would be to invite the parents to, to be the catechist themselves, to teach the faith to their children at the chapel. And so uh, what, I, what I experienced was... Um, Yes, there are. There is a, a lead catechist who is facilitating the whole experience, but uh, parents taking turns uh, Sunday after Sunday to teach for half an hour to teach the lesson. Then the catechist takes over to drill the uh, young disciples on what they have learned, which was marvelous to see. You know the responses of the young children in the first communion class. Um, then I, I noticed that they went to uh, the chapel for adoration with the Blessed Sacrament, exposed with one family uh, leading the prayer of the Holy Rosary, followed by Mass. It was such a fascinating uh, beauty to see because you have here a model of family catechesis where parents are teaching the faith. They are learning the faith, but they are teaching as well. They're sharing the faith with other families' children. 
um, and making it happen so beautifully. So that was a beautiful experience uh, to have. Uh, having had accompanied Father uh, Gorman for, you know, uh, his time there and, um, uh, you know, inviting him to think of family. And here he was putting this together and making it happen. Wow. What do you look for in a catechist and a catechetical leader? What makes a good catechist and a good catechetical leader? Um someone who is willing uh, to share the faith that he or she has received from the Lord in the church, in the church. Um, uh, as I said before, as the director for Catechism State, someone who is a witness of faith, someone who um, is a keeper of the memory of God, uh, a teacher, and someone who breaks open a mystigo, who breaks open the scriptures, breaks open the sacraments, and accompanies others. A model of faith, uh, someone who is willing to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, but to dare to live the way of Jesus, uh, to model the faith. I see. Now, we look at some of the younger generation, guys in their 20s and 30s, both men and women, and uh, I hear a lot of times from fellow Catholics the comments that our younger generations have not been well instructed in the Catholic catechism. Do you share that view? And what can we do to rectify that, if true? True. There are, there are generations of um, Catholics uh, that um, you know, may have stayed with an eighth grade level uh, at the best, uh, eighth grade level of uh, catechesis. Um, when I go out there to train the catechist, I, I try to give them a comprehensive vision for catechesis in the context of evangelization, that we need to evangelize not only those that are in front of us, whether they are teenagers, adolescents, or um, children, but to provide catechetical moments, evangelizing moments for the adults um, with the scriptures, with uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, to hold people by the hand, and I use that met metaphorically, um, to show them how to, the how-tos of our faith, not only the, the, the knowledge of our faith, but the how-tos. And I think that we have a tremendous opportunity uh, if we place an emphasis on adult faith formation, especially evangelizing and catechizing the parents of the children in front of us. Um, not only are we going to... Um, uh, break open the faith for them, but also they are going to become themselves evangelizers. And that is my hope and prayer. I see. So uh, faith formation is important not only for the students, but their parents and adults, too. Uh, you know, I've done a little teaching, not mm -hmm. much, but I know that uh, the best way to learn a, a field, a subject matter, is to teach. Yes. Because you, you can't get away with, uh, you know, skipping the reading assignment. You've you got to outsmart your smartest student, right? That's the beauty of it, yes. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so uh, is there anything about the military population that distinguishes it from the population at large when it comes to teaching catechism? I would think military families would be more sophisticated by virtue of the fact they move around a lot. Every two or three years, they're moving to a different place in the world. And through that life experience, uh, they would already have a sense of sophistication about the world and, and therefore make 
better students. Am I right or or not? That's uh, that, that's a good point to uh, contemplate. I think because um, uh, military families are constantly moving, just as well as the priest and 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 the catechetical leaders. Um, um, there is a huge turnover. But that is a blessing as well. Um, one of the things that um, I oftentimes uh, get phone calls about is, um, does the two-year uh, sacramental prep apply to our military families? Uh, are they required to do two years prior to celebrating this, a particular sacrament? Because of the mobile uh, life of our military communities, um, we have to do the best that we can uh, as, as, as they go. I oftentimes get uh, questions also from uh, civilian communities. What do I do? Uh, there is this you know, young person or this family who are going to move, and we have them. I say, do the best that you can while you have them, and then send a letter of recommendation with them. But one of the things that I think that, um, that uh, it's an advantage for our military families is that they are always on the go. And so they have opportunities to visit pilgrimage, uh, pilgrimage sites um, that, you know, those uh, communities in a civilian setting may not have an opportunity. Um, so I, I once had a, a, a blessed opportunity to do one of the visits. It was in Germany. And the priest invited me to come and join uh, the, the community in a pilgrimage to uh, one of the uh, cathedrals, and that was a beautiful experience because that, that can be an evangelizing moment. It can be a catechizing moment as well. Um, not only that, um, the, the, the environment in which um, uh, the faith is celebrated on a military chapel, where the chapel is, uh, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a place where all faith uh, traditions come and worship. The ecumenical and the interreligious experience uh, is, is a huge uh, uh, factor for them, but also developing a missionary spirit. Um, uh, that, I think, it's very important for our Catholic, uh, Catholic military families, um, that they, they, they have a, a deeper sense of being on mission and being of service to others. Um, and uh, th that is what I try to, to encourage the catechists to, um, to see, to, to, to seize those moments of uh, evangelization and catechesis. What are the most important things catechetical leaders and their students can learn about what it means to be a Catholic, a true follower of Christ? I think uh, something to a starting point is to realize that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves us. Uh, Jesus has died for us, and Jesus walks with us. I think that um, coming to realize that um, Jesus is truly present uh, in the Holy Eucharist uh, when we when we go to Mass, and that we can uh, truly encounter. Jesus in, in, in the Holy Eucharist, but also in the proclaimed Word of God. Um, I think that is, that is something very vital, uh, as well as to, to help uh, adults, youth, and children, especially the catechists and, and their, catech uh, their, their, their disciples, is to um, uh, build a relationship with Jesus um, through Scripture, 
through uh, prayer, uh, especially adoration, um, and going to Mass. Catechesis is a form faith formation or religious education, education for us to better participate and celebrate our faith at Mass, that we can hear the, the Word of God that moves us to conversion, to a new life in Jesus Christ. That, um, that, that the Holy Eucharist is a, is a true encounter with uh, the Lord uh, himself. Um, to develop a sense of a discipleship, that we are learners, uh, that we don't finish learning our, our faith um, in eighth grade, especially for those who are, you know, uh, about to celebrate uh, the Sacrament of Confirmation. Um, that the sacraments are not graduations. They are stepping stones on our faith journey, that faith, uh, we never end uh, learning our faith. Um, but I think, you know, the foundation um, of, um, that, that, is, that is provided in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, to know God, uh, to celebrate that faith that we have received, um, to, to, to live that faith that we have received and we celebrate through the sacraments and to pray that faith, to have that sense, uh, that, that fullness of our faith, I, th I think it's, it's important for all of us, um, whether it's, uh, you know, we are catechists or, or we are disciples being uh, evangelized and catechized. Let's get into your personal background. Okay. Uh, to tell me about uh, growing up. Did you grow up Catholic? You're a cradle Catholic? Uh, tell me all about your childhood and how you came to love the Lord and to be such a devout, practicing Catholic. Sure. Yes, I was born in a Catholic family. Um, uh, it was my mother who, uh, uh, and my father who taught me the first concepts of my faith, um, I remember vividly my father uh, catechizing me in his own fatherly way. Um, he never punished me, but um, he would rather, whenever I did a misdeed, he would rather uh, have me pray the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if he knew that, um, you know, in the, in, the, in, in the Lord's Prayer, there is this part where it says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I don't know if that was part of his thinking that I, w I needed to uh, repent for what I had done. But um, that he taught me how to call God Daddy. My mother, on the other hand, she, t she taught me how to call uh, Mary my mother. And she did it in a beautiful motherly way. Um, I remember my mom put, putting me to sleep and um, placing me on her bosom in the darkness of the night and saying, Marino, which is my middle name, repeat after me. And she would start, Hail Mary, and I would repeat Hail Mary. That's how I fell asleep. It was at home where I also learned how to make the sign of the cross, um, where I learned how to uh, love and, and be of service as well. It was not until later that uh, uh, Ms. Nicolasa uh, Medina would become my first uh, communion catechist. And it, it was not a, you know, uh, uh, a process that, that um, it only took, what, a year or two. No, it was until I was ready. I remember my mom asking uh, Ms. Nicolasa, uh, is my son ready for first communion? And she would say, not yet. 
not yet until uh, she said I'm that I was ready I was confirmed at the age of 17 and uh, I remember being you know a young uh, teenager and feeling the the need to go to mass um, I, I, I was born in a Catholic family I was formed in the faith um, and needing the need to go to mass but I knew that I was not confirmed yet so I, I um, register myself because I heard on on the podium, you know, the, the announcements that religious education classes were going to start soon for confirmation. So I put my name down, and um, one of the beautiful things that I experienced going through that process of preparation for the celebration of the sacrament of confirmation is when my catechist, Miss Emma Pasten. Uh, down at the cathedral here in Washington, D.C., at St. Matthew's Cathedral. She said, um, what are you going to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you're about to receive at confirmation? That was the question. Um, and that question stuck to my head and to my heart uh, so much that on the day of my confirmation, instead of celebrating with my family after the celebration, um, they had a luncheon for me. Instead of celebrating with, the f with my family, I went outside, climbed a tree, and up on that tree, I remember asking myself now, Jose, what are you going to do with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you just received? The fullness, right, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, one thing, you know, led to another, um, long story short, as they say, I found myself uh, serving in different ministries, um, first at the cathedral here at uh, Washington, D.C., but then also later uh, at Our Lady Queen of the Americas Parish as an usher, as a lector, um, in the different, you know, uh, ministries in, 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 in the church. Um, then uh, later in life, I thought I was uh, being called to be a priest, so I, I joined the seminary in my early 20s, um, and, um, uh, and and I, I got a master's in theology, um, and a master's of divinity, but uh, then I realized that I needed more time uh, to discern that vocation. So I stepped out, and here I am, 20-plus uh, years uh, serving, still serving the church, but not as an ordained, but as a lay committed, you know, person and a dedicated one too i should add in the last uh, minute or two we have left uh catholics serving at installations all over the world if they want to reach out to you and extend an invitation to you to come visit them conduct some training how do they reach you they can uh, either call the uh my office at um, 202 719 Three six two three, or they um, the priest can also reach out by email at faithformation at millarch.org. Uh, that is my contact. So all lowercase one word faithformation at millarch.org, and what's that phone number again? Two zero two seven one nine three six two three. Any closing thoughts? Well. Um, it is uh, it is uh, uh, a gift and a joy to um, to be a catechist, um, and I would encourage you know those uh, Catholics out there, uh, especially military uh, 
mothers and fathers um, or military connected mothers and fathers to step up um, when there is a need uh, only you can share the gift of faith but also uh, a word of uh, gratitude to the AMS benefactors for their prayers but also their contributions because they make possible the ministries that we do here and to pray for our priests pray for the catechetical leaders our catechists and especially for um, the unity of our military families. You've been listening to Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services, and my guest for this edition has been Jose Amaya, Director of Faith Formation here at the Archdiocese. Jose, thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you, Taylor. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.